Hello and welcome to Open School of Business. Uh, thank you so much for subscribing, rating, and writing your reviews. It helps a ton in the creation of new content uh, for the audiences that we love. And we really appreciate your um, feedback and your support. So please continue doing the same. Subscribe and uh, rate and review. Thank you so much. Today, um, I love to introduce you to Michelle Thompson. I was really touched by her story. Uh, I'm very happy to welcome Michelle. Michelle, hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, can you please start off by introducing um, and telling us more about your business and how you got started on this entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the name of the business is called Awesome Outsourcing. And uh, quite honestly, it, it happened by mistake. Um, so five years ago, I had a stroke. And um, when I did, I wasn't able to do hardly anything for myself. And at the time, I had a, a side hustle um, business going, and I realized I was going to lose it all if I um, didn't figure out how to delegate well. And uh, fast forward three years, I got really, really good at that. And um, so much so that my friends asked me to do it for them. Uh, and at first I was like, no, no, we're not going to do that because, you know, what if I mess it up? And uh, they're like, oh, you know what, Michelle, you're not going to mess it up. Don't worry about it. If Just try. And if, um, you know, if it falls apart, it's okay. We're not going to hold you responsible. So I thought, all right, we'll try. Uh, and uh, we... We did, and it actually um, worked out fabulously. Uh, so I like to joke that it's uh, the business that was born completely on accident, and it's the silver lining to uh, the stroke. And at the end, it's a positive story, but I'm sure at the time it may have felt like a complete crisis. And um, what do you think helped you to really turn it around? Um, and maybe you can describe more about the situation and things that you delegated, because um, I think when people face something completely new and and difficult, it's, it's tough to really realize what you can do about it. Yeah, um, I would love to tell you that I was completely positive about the whole thing. Um, I was not. <laughs> I was a grumpy patient. Um and uh, I, I spent about two years in um, rehab, not really getting any better. Um, and uh, honestly, my physical therapist sat me down and, and said, you know what, Michelle, um, you're really lucky that this happened to you. And I went, what? <laughs> like, I'm 36 years old and I had a stroke. I can't talk. I can't walk. Like, you're telling me I'm lucky. Um, and so I was basically go, go pound sand. And, uh, she's like, no, you don't understand. Like if you would have been born 50 years ago, there'd be very little that we could do for you. But because of the technology and the systems that we have available to you, if you would just stop being so stubborn and listen, um, then I could probably teach you how to have a relatively normal life. And so, uh, over the next year, that's exactly what she taught me was how to use systems to be able to accomplish everyday things. So inside of my house, I have tons of systems that remind me, um, 
to brush my teeth, to take my medicine, to um, turn the stove off when I turn it on. Um, I have uh, the toaster is now completely separate from the coffee machine because I poured water in the toaster once um, while it was plugged in the wall. That was a fun day. Um, and, uh, and so those things, um, I, I learned how to systematize my life. And I thought, well, dang, if we can do this for everyday life, like brushing my teeth, why can't we do it for business? And that was when the idea really started. And so what I did was I started recording myself doing videos. And at that time, the videos were very slurred. I had very slurred speech. Um, it was hard to understand me. And uh, what I did was, to the best of my ability, I would just explain how I wrote a blog article or how I did SEO research or whatever the task was. And I would explain step by step and then also explain why I was doing what I was doing. And what I did was I sent that video off to my virtual assistant and had them turn that video into a standard operating procedure. And so they were able to download my brain and then create and duplicate the task um, because I had taken the time to slow down and, and create a video explaining not just the step-by-step -step process, but the reason why um, I was doing what I was doing. And so that really was the start of getting really good at delegating was figuring out, okay, brain, figure out a way if I can record a video and hand this off to somebody else, then I never have to do it again. What else can we figure out and how do we get creative about that? Oh, wow. I think there's so much to to grasp here. <laughs> I'm like trying to take a moment to you know, put myself in that situation and think about all the applications here. And like you said, um, you were learning from scratch, the talking, the speaking and walking. Um, but at the same time, you were able to recall some of these things like uh, work-wise, which you were doing, right? Because you were recording some of your work-related activities. Yeah. So my MBA is in entrepreneurship. And so they mm -hmm. basically taught us to see the world in systems. And so it was, um, my, my stroke was actually in my brain stem. Uh, so the majority of my brain worked just fine. It could, it could go. I just couldn't talk and, and drug my leg. And, and so it was very frustrating that I had all of this inside my head, but all this like compounding pain and headache. And I was like, oh my gosh, how do I, how do I get it out and get it out to somebody else so that they can do it? And, um, and I think that was, um, the, the cool part was that I was able to just relax about it and be like, you know what, if we don't get it right the first time, it's okay. We'll go back and tweak. And I think, I think that made, made a big difference. Mm, I see. Yes. Uh, so, when you first started um, f doing that, what were the first steps that you thought, okay, what are the tasks that I can um, outsource? Um, same with the entrepreneurs, like if when you consult your clients, um, how do you discover the tasks that they should outsource more easily than 
some of the others that are maybe more related to business development yeah. or you know core things great question um and i just want to go back to the um misnomer that you said of uh entrepreneurs thinking that there's never enough time in the day and we have to do it all ourselves right um i'm at the point now where um i work about three days a week and about three to four hours a day max. Um, and uh, I have a team in systems that everything runs in the background and it, it really honestly doesn't need me. <laughs> I could probably be away for longer than that, um, but I get bored. Uh, but yeah. uh, when we're, we're meeting with clients, um, that is absolutely exactly what we do with them. We, we sit down with them and we have them do a time audit and we're trying to figure out what is sucking all of your time, right? And then, We'll, we'll typically do that for a couple of days and then we're going to put it in silos and figure out, okay, if we could get rid of this, does this give you back 10 hours a week? And, and then with that 10 hours, can we use five hours to train to get another task off your list? That's like eight hours. Uh, so we, we only ever start at the top of the list with one thing. Cause if we try to do it all at once, it's a recipe for disaster. So if we can take little baby steps, um, I tell people all the time, you know, uh, the old adage of, um, you know, the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. And so if we can just take that one top task that is, um, you know, sucking the majority of our time. So let's say it's email. Um, people tell me all the time, I can never get rid of my email because nobody can answer it the way that I can. And that's true, right? But I bet you there's a way that you can delegate a good portion of it, like 80%. So here's how I do it in my company. Um, we have little folders and tags. And so, um, Fatima knows that when she goes into my email, if it's something that I really need to pay attention to, she's going to tag it with urgent. Uh, if it's something that's just, I need to know, she's going to tag it with an FYI. Um, if it's something that's for my next upcoming vacation, she's just going to automatically put it in the vacation folder or whatever, right? Pick your scenarios. And the ones that mm -hmm. are um, really important, rather than me responding myself, what I'll do is I'll, we can use Voxer or I could create a short Loom video and I can say, all right, um, I need you to tell Max, blah, 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 and schedule it for Tuesday um, at four o'clock or six o'clock, whichever one works for him. Um, and then please include this attachment. And that takes me 15 seconds to do. And I send that off. She then dictates exactly what I said adds the attachments, adds the link to schedule and sends it off. And so I can do that for those five or whatever emails that are like super urgent, right? The, uh, so in three minutes, I've blown through my email inbox um, because she went in and she categorized everything, told me what was important and told me wasn't. For the FYIs, same thing. I'm going to hit record and I'm going to say, okay, can you please tell um, James this and uh, send him this resource? And so then she goes through and she automatically does that. Um, we'll get into this a little bit later, but that's exactly how we do our LinkedIn lead generation too. Um, and so the interesting part is always ask your brain, 
I can't, maybe I can't 100% hand this off, but how can I get as close as possible to get somebody else to do it? Uh, and what's the fastest way that I can do it? Because the less I have with the stroke, I have very limited brain capacity anymore. And so I have to think in terms of minutes, if I can get 10 minutes back, um, by having somebody else type it, that is a huge thing for me. And most entrepreneurs are like, Oh, you know what? I'll just type it myself. It'll be faster. Right. Uh, but what happens is, um, if, if we slow down just a little bit, um, it speeds us up much faster now because before, you know, it would be easy for me to spend an hour on my email because I go down the little rabbit trail and I'm like, Oh, that one looks interesting. Like, <laughs> what does that do? Um, and, uh, now, um, you know, it takes me five to 10 minutes once or twice a day to go through my email. And so, um, another big one is social media, right? People are like, Oh my gosh, I get like, it sucks all of my time. Right. And, and it mm, doesn't have distraction. to, right? What mm -hmm. if, um, you know, we created a system of, you know, this is what our normal response is to people when they say X, right. And, and, and we have, you know, responses. And if somebody goes off script, then somebody gets a hold of you and says, Hey, Michelle, um, we said X and they responded with Y and I have no clue what to do. What would you say? And then I just get on Vox and say, oh yeah, great. Please tell Jane this. Okay, thanks. And then they type it in and, and respond. Um, and so it's, it's thinking uh, creatively and outside of the box. The other thing too is you've got to get comfortable with the fact that 90% of the way that you would have done it is good enough. And that was a hard one for me because nobody could do it as good as I could. And I wanted it done this way. And you know what? At the end of the day, does it really matter if the social media graphic is turned two degrees? Um, maybe, right? Uh, but if it's something that's going to be on Facebook for 30 seconds and then just get lost in somebody's scroll, why are we freaking out about that? And so just giving yourself permission to, it doesn't have to be 100% perfect. The things that do need to be 100% perfect, that's where I'm going to focus my attention. The other things, eh, not so much, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think you uh, really nailed it in terms of uh, you know, things that hold people back from outsourcing more. And um, in terms of, uh, you know, since you're talking systems and you mentioned emails and um, social media is a little different, but emails in particular, uh, do you give access to your virtual assistant right into your email box? I do. Um, mm -hmm. But I also have a really good relationship with her that I've you know, worked on that. Um, uh, and she honestly has access to both my personal and my business, um, account. And I would argue the personal is actually more important than the business one. Right. Um, cause you know, she sees the travel plans and she sees the, you know, all that good fun stuff. But, um, the, when I first started, um, with, with her, the thing that I told her was, okay, I want you to go in and categorize. And then I want you to take screenshots of what you need me to pay attention to. Don't actually respond to anything. I want you to copy and paste. Right. Um, and so I would get one email from her that said, Hey, Michelle, here are the things I need you to pay attention to. Here's screenshot number one, please respond. 
and I would respond exactly how I wanted that so that she could copy and paste so that I knew there wouldn't be mistakes until we got comfortable with each other because it was building a relationship. She needed to understand my expectations. I needed to understand what I needed to do to help her so that she didn't feel uncomfortable. And we did that dance for a couple of weeks. And then, uh, I went to her and I said, okay, fatty. Um, that's her nickname. So don't anybody listening in America (laughs) um, in the Philippines, that's actually a very good, good, uh, nickname, but, um, uh, I was like, okay, fatty, are you, um, are you, are you comfortable now? Do you feel like I could send you a Vox and you'd be able to type it out? And she's like, oh yeah, I got it. I'm good. And the other, um, thing that we use is a tool called Grammarly Pro. It is an amazing tool for $15 a month. It goes through and it will correct your grammar and your spelling. So as she's typing things, like I use it and I'm an American and I, English is my first language, right? Um, But for her, it's like super, super helpful because as she's typing, it'll go through and say, you know what? You were a little wordy here. You could have said this a little bit differently. Um, and, and, you know, we don't need a comma here, but we do need one here. Um, and so you don't have to stress so much about an email going out looking unprofessional, um, because Mm -hmm. Grammarly Pro is a great way to fix that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. So when you first start, um, how do you set up a virtual office? What are the systems you need to pay attention to that are the most important? That's a great question. Um, and one of the questions I get asked all the time is they're on the other side of the world. How in the world do I keep track of what they're doing? Right? Super simple answer. Um, hubstaff.com is a time tracking software. And a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you know, that's like big government. It takes a, uh, big brothers watching. It takes a picture of their computer every 10 minutes. And that's so invasive. Um, well it is, if you're a jerk and you look at every single screenshot and I was like, why did you send a text message at like three Oh two? Right. Um, it, we don't use it for that. The reason that we use it is, um, to able to troubleshoot. Like if somebody is doing SEO research and it should take them an hour and for whatever reason they spent four hours on it, I can go in and I can look at the screenshots and figure out what in the world are they doing? Oh, they weren't comfortable with that term. So they were researching that term for three hours to figure out what it meant to be able to do the SEO research. And then I can go back and say, okay, great. That's a training issue. Um, let me show you how to figure out in 15 minutes what that word means to make sure we're doing the SEO research correctly. Uh, the other thing too, is it, it makes it amazing for payroll because I can go in and I know exactly how many hours that they worked. And then I just simply go into, we happen to use um, TransferWise. It's now wise.com to pay our employees. And the reason that we do that is it allows us to pay the fees um, and the conversion rate from um, US dollar to Filipino peso is actually very favorable for them. When I first started and I didn't understand, I just used PayPal um, and PayPal takes like 40% of their paycheck. It's horrible. Um, So if you can uh, set up um, Hubstaff for tracking your time 
and then use wise.com to be able to pay them. That is a, a huge, um, huge weight. The other thing that we do is uh, we use some type of project management. I don't care if you use Trello, Asana, we happen to use Nifty. It doesn't, it honestly doesn't matter, but some place where there, you know, everything's kind of in the same place and we attach that to our Google Drive folder. So everything's in the Google Drive and it gets attached in Asana. Um, and uh, we use Facebook Messenger or Slack. Um, that is literally as high tech as you need to get. The other thing that people get a little squirrely about is um, uh, I don't want to give my passwords to everybody. Super simple uh, solution for that too. You can use LastPass and you can just share it with them. And then in a couple of clicks, um, by, by using Google Drive and by using LastPass, in a couple of clicks, you can literally um, lock somebody out of anything in, in about five minutes. And I, I honestly have had one employee go rogue once. Uh, it happened one time in 16 years. Um, and uh, the cool part was, was it, it was a non-issue. Um, you know, we went in and changed the passwords and we were, we were good to go. Um, but that's, that's very unusual. If you hire well from the beginning, you're not going to have that problem. That was, that was a rookie mistake on my part. Oh, wow. Uh, you're, um, giving away the next question about hiring. <laughs> How do you really hire well then? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so I have a crazy intense um, interview process when we hire uh, because when we hire we want our employees to stay with us forever uh, we don't want them to stick around for just a year um, and so I make them jump through a ton of hoops <laughs> uh, to get hired on at our company and um, one of the very th first things that we do is I have a very long job description and inside of that I'm talking about the tasks, but more than that, I'm talking about the company culture and what my expectations are for them as an employee. And what I've found is I can always teach skills. I can't teach culture, ethics, and work know-how want to, right? Um, team building type things. And so um, I'll have a, a super long job description um, that, that goes over um, our core values and what is our company about and what is it like really working with us and what can you expect from me? Am I going to be staring over your shoulder, looking at every click of the mouse? And I literally put in there, like, I don't like to micromanage. My job is to train you and get out of your way and do your job. So if you want me to micromanage you, do not apply for this job. That's not me. Not my, not my personality. Other people it is, mm -hmm. but I just make that super clear. Then at the bottom, we actually have, you can use a Google form. Um, we happen to use Entreport, so it, it doesn't matter what. But um, rather than having them reply right to the job job board, because um, you'll get like a thousand emails and it's a disaster, uh, we literally have them fill out an application on Google Forms or Entreport. And so the link is right in there for them to fill it out. And we'll put a hidden phrase in there. Um, like, uh, you know, open school of business needs a killer VA is what they have to put in the subject line of the application. And so that tells us one of two things. Um, a, can they follow instructions? Uh, well, actually it tells us three things. Uh, B, did they care enough to read through my insanely long job post, uh, to actually get to that part? Um, or did they just send me a template that they sent to everybody else? Um, and three, uh, did do they pay attention to detail enough to have gotten that phrase in the right box in the application? Um, 
And so we weed through probably 60% of our applications just with that. Then after they go through that part, um, we ask some real simple questions like, you know, what is your uh, hourly requested rate? Um, what are um, uh, the things that are super important to you in this job? How many years experience do you have? Uh, what is your internet connection speed? Um, you know, th those kind of like technical questions. Uh, give me a copy of your resume. Um, then what we do is we send them over after that to a system called interviewer.ai, which is amazing because this, this brings in the behavioral part. And if I'm talking too long, tell me to shorten it up. <laughs> um, oh, no, I, I, I am loving it. Uh, I just hope that our audience is also like making notes and, <laughs> yeah. and getting ready to outsource. This is great knowledge. Yeah, go on. Interviewer AI is amazing because this gets into the behavioral side. Um, so we've seen their resume. We know how many years of experience they have. We know they pay attention to detail and can follow instructions. Now we're pulling out the behavior of, are they going to be a good culture fit? Um, and the cool part is, is that they interview themselves. You give them 10 questions, they hit record. And then my assistant, uh, Fatima goes through all those and she's like, okay, not this one. Okay. This one's good. Yep. Okay. Then from that point, we send them on to testgorilla.com and Test Gorilla is actually going to match up. Okay, you said you can do this on your resume. Can you actually do it? And so it's testing their technical skills. And these are super hard tests. Uh, like think like really hard master's level. Um, and so it's very common to get a test back and they got 50% on it. And you're like, oh my gosh, they're terrible. No, <laughs> they're actually really good. <laughs> it's because the test that's hard. Take it yourself. Um, I got like a 32%. It was horrible. Um, so, but also inside of there, you also can uh, give them um, a personality test. And so I always give them an Enneagram test as well, because it tells me their personality type and are they going to fit well in our team? Um, and so once they're done with Test Gorilla, um, if they've done well on that, then at that point, we actually do a one-on-one -on -one Zoom call. And, and at that point, we've literally taken 500 applicants down to about three or four. Um, and at that point, I get on and I interview them for about 15 or 20 minutes. And I'm just talking with them. At that point, I know they have the skills. I know they've got the good you know, uh, traits that we're looking for. Um, I just want to have a conversation with them and, and, and see how it goes. And then at that point, um, I'm going to offer a job to one of the three candidates. And I'll let them know, hey, I want, I want you to do this on a 30-day trial, um, and I'll let the other two candidates know, hey, we found a little bit better fit. We're going to try a 30-day trial. If it doesn't work out, would it be okay for me to come back to you and see if you'd still be interested in the job? Because we don't want to shoot ourselves in the foot if the first one doesn't work out. Um, and uh, that is, in a nutshell, our process, and it's been super successful. It took me about 16 years to build all of that, um, and I love telling people about it because it, it, it works really, really well. Oh, wow. You really should be proud of it because it's, um, it's as, uh, I think it's more um, refined than some of the big consulting firms in the world, and, and it's like a real fail-proof <laughs> process. I really love it. it it's the and, best that yeah, I found out there. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Super proud of it. Yeah. And it's so, it's such a good fit for the virtual world with uh, all the testing. And because a lot of times entrepreneurs, they don't have time uh, 
um, uh, or even knowledge sometimes to set up a system like that. Uh, you know, recruiting is is uh, essentially a, a different field on itself. So it, it's amazing how you guys are doing it. Yeah, I, so I love the process. It's really great. We've literally automated it so that with a couple clicks of a mouse, you can go through. Now, don't get me wrong. It does. It takes time to go through 500 people down to three people, you know, which is why people hire us because they don't want to take the time to do it themselves. But if you can set up those systems, it is fabulous. Like it, it really works. The automation is just a beautiful thing. <laughs> right. And um, you have a podcast about it as well, right? Automate to dominate. Yep. And uh, yeah, so I ask uh, all of our audience to also check that out. I'm sure you share a lot of tips and tricks on how to automate uh, most of the business processes. Um, so this was like the hiring process. What are the processes that you um, you, you automate or, or something that really made a difference uh, in growing your business that is automated. Maybe LinkedIn gen lead generation is somewhat automated. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you about two quickly. Um, I'll tell you about the LinkedIn lead generation and then I'll tell you about onboarding clients and how we were able to systemize that and make that super easy. Um, so mm -hmm. with LinkedIn, um, we basically have a standard operating procedure uh, where we use Sales Navigator and we're targeting whoever our perfect um, uh, Yep. <laughs> Sometimes this happens. Perfect Sorry. I, I forget words. Um, our, our perfect avatar. Okay. Yes. Our perfect client. Um, and so it's going through and it's filtering out, okay, these are the people that you want to connect with. And um, I wrote a uh, five series campaign. That's just um, in, for me, I'm a very, you know, casual, friendly type person. Um, and so I, I love to give first. Um, and so I wrote the series that way, like letting them know, you know, Hey, it, you know, would you be interested in me coming in and teaching your audience about delegation or something like that? Um, and, and so we'll start a conversation and then what happens is, uh, so, um, Hogan is actually the one that does our, our lead generation. And so Hogan sends a uh, hundred of those out a week. Um, and we have an email script that's very similar as well. And so he sends, um, about 50 emails a day. And, um, it's almost the exact same process. And then what happens is when they respond, he sends a screenshot just like I did with, uh, Fatima and says, you know, Hey, Michelle, this person responded, what would you like to do? And then at that point I'll say, Oh, great. Tanette, can you schedule them? Sorry, Tanette's one of our other managers. Um, can you schedule them for, uh, me to go on and, and, uh, do a podcast interview with them? Um, and so, uh, we all know where, where everything goes. And with a couple of clicks of a button, um, we're able to generate, um, roughly four to five appointments a week, uh, just off of those two strategies. Um, and, uh, we have roughly a, a 50% close, uh, rate. And some people would say that that's low. I love that because, um, a lot of times I'm telling people, Hey, we're not a good fit for you, but let me tell you who is a good fit. And I'll, I'll push them off in the, in the right direction of where they really need to be. Cause I only want to help people who are like a perfect fit for us. Um, 
And then in the onboarding, uh, we used um, Google Forms or Entreport again. And what we do is we just have a very simple automation that once we tell people, uh, once we tell Entreport they've become a client, uh, it kicks off an email to them and says, hey, please complete this Google Form. And inside of there, it'll be like, if we're hiring a social media expert or whatever, what, what are your branding colors? Um, you know, what, what is your current social media uh, strategy? Um, here's the link to the Enneagram test that I need you to take to make sure that you match with the VA that we hire for you. Um, so whatever those questions are, and what's cool is then it just filters right into our inbox. And so we've got all the candidates for the VA in Entreport, and then we've got all of the uh, client onboarding, right? And so everything is literally right there and we can just like piece it together. And I'm like, bing, bing, bing. Okay, great. Here's, here's how, here's the trainings that we need to put the VA through. Here's the videos. Um, oh, that's the other thing is uh, we'll ask our, our clients, um, you know, hey, for each task that you want us to do, record us a little video explaining the task and why you're doing the task that way. So then when we're pre-training the VA, we literally have the virtual assistant create a standard operating procedure for every single one of those videos. And, um, it, uh, so then they actually have an SOP manual by the time we're done. Um, and it, the VA ended up training themselves. So, it, so it worked out great. Wow. It's a great, uh, it's a, I think it's a great lesson for anyone is who's studying or wanting to do like quality control, um, you know, quality assurance. It's like a greatest way to do outsourcing. Like really most of the risk is on you and you're taking all the risk out by communicating, matching and, and doing all the, you know, behind the scenes work because it's a lot of work like if you were to go on linkedin and try to find someone who you want to train it's just so much time effort and you still might get it wrong because it's the first time you're doing it so uh, this service is just amazing thank you yeah and um uh, another one, I was um, curious about, maybe you could explain a little bit about the anagrams for our audience. Yeah, okay. So um, avatars I'll, and the different types. Yeah, so I'll give our clients um, the anagram and then our employees, I actually give DISC and anagram. Um, and so DISC is kind of the like corporate Enneagram, right? It's um, uh, your personality type of, uh, I, I happen to be a DI, big, big surprise there. So um, D is like type A personality, let's get it done, right? So, you know, most CEOs are kind of type D. And then the I is the, you know, walk into a room, make 10 friends in like, you know, five minutes and life of the party kind of a deal, right? Um, the mm -hmm. S um, is is more of our um, methodical step-by-step. Uh, -step, um, S and C are very, very similar. So you're like CPAs, your accountants, like they want to mm -hmm. find the missing penny in the checkbook. I would rather give you the missing penny um, in the checkbook. Uh, but that's like, they, they love structure. They thrive on puzzles. They like, that's their thing. Um, and so it helps me figure out which one they, they are, because um, the last thing I want to do is if, if I hired uh, a DI to work with me, we're going to clash heads, right? Because we're both strong in some areas and we're both weak in the other areas. And I need somebody to balance me out. Um, 
And uh, that's yeah. that's kind of what Enneagram does is not only does it, it give us, you know, just kind of a spit out of the disc letter, but it actually tells you there's like type one to type eight. And inside of there, um, and it's crazy how uh, how accurate they are. Um, and so you can go in and uh, you'll usually get two. Um, so actually a young lady that I was just hiring for, I thought for sure she was a giver, um, which I think is a type six. Don't quote me on that. Uh, she came back like type three and uh, type one, which was very strict, very hard on herself. Everything has to be perfect. And I went, oh, okay, I need to hire a completely different person than I thought I needed to hire for her. And so I emailed her back and I was like, hey, can you look at this and tell me if this is like accurate? And she emailed me back and she's like, my husband is rolling on the floor laughing right now. And, <laughs> and she's like, unfortunately, yes, he would know. Like, no, not unfortunately. This is perfect. This is exactly what I needed to know. Um, because there's, you know, s somebody could have the like perfect skills, but they just rub you the wrong way. It's not going to work. Right. You, you gotta. And so I always love putting uh, personality tests into it too, to make sure that you're compatible. Mm, yeah, I love that because um, I think it's true. A lot of people try to compensate for the opposite of what they are. And sometimes they portray a completely different picture from what the nature is. And uh, yeah, I mean, some people might find it like, uh, you know, too, relying too much on personality tests can, uh, you know, go in a certain direction where you only develop in a certain direction. Uh, but when you're looking for a compatibility, I think it's it's a good way um, to match people. Yeah. Otherwise. So we, we take mm, a look at the tech skills. Yeah. That's what test girl is for. We take a look at the personality. That's what interviewer AI. Yeah. And then we, we do the personalities. Uh, and then the sure last a, piece. A fit. So uh, mm -hmm. hopefully a, a very rounded approach. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm telling you, it's it's such a system that there's so many so many hoops that I'm sure it's like fail proof. I'm, I'm absolutely amazed. Not fail proof. Yeah. We, we have had it blow up a couple of times, but it's very, very rare. Um, I, I would say out of like a hundred, there might be like two that are like, ah, oh, yeah, this didn't work. Let's try again. <laughs> yeah. I really also was, um, uh, was interested when you were saying that we also look for a client fit. And I think it's important for entrepreneurs to have that figured out before they even start recruiting any clients, because then you know exactly who you want to work for and you know exactly who you don't want to work for. So I'm wondering how that process, how did you discover that? Yeah, you great know, question. Um, it, it honestly evolved over time. Um, by figuring out what didn't work and, and what would be a better fit for us. Um, currently, we only hire full-time virtual assistants for people. And somebody might come to me and they're like, well, that's great, but I only need 10 hours a week. And I'm like, okay, awesome. You know what? That is my buddy, Jeff. He is really, really good at um, getting you a virtual assistant who, who can help with 10 hours a week. And then as you grow and you want somebody full-time, then come back and see me, right? And, um, and they do all the time, right? Because we 
did what was right, it would be, you know, really easy for me to be like, oh yeah, no problem. I'll take 10 hours a week. Right. And what happened was when we did that, Jeff's got the system set up for that because he has literally, I am not exaggerating. He has over 200 employees and they have a system where they just wait for tasks to come in the queue. And as the tasks come in the queue, they complete them. I don't have that. I have 30 employees. <laughs> um, and so my system just isn't set up for that. And so what happened was um, we inevitably had, you know, three different uh, bosses, right? Three different clients for the same virtual assistant, and they all needed something Friday at 2 p.m., right? And so it was a, just a disaster because which one do you pay attention to? Who's important, who's not important, right? And that's not fair to anybody. And, um, and so what happened was just by doing it, uh, we generally niched down into what worked and, and what didn't. Um, and I would say the, the best way for me to do that was going back to our core values and, and doing the work of, if, I'm, if you guys haven't heard of the book Traction, I would highly recommend it. It's an amazing book on really, see, really focusing in on what is important in your, in your company um, and why, and then taking a look at the reason why you're saying yes and does it fit with what we're doing in our company as our core values and, and they'll just naturally mm -hmm. line up. It's pretty cool how it does that. Wow. Yeah. And I can, I was going to say, I can feel your culture already by some of the stories that you're mentioning that integrity and, and wanting to treat everyone equally without, you know, the backlog of things. It's, it's really important for some people, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like good that you have that culture set up and, um, and that creates natural way to weed out the clients that are not a good fit. So that way you can really serve well the clients that are good for, uh, for your company. And you have like your own niche for that. And obviously when you have a full-time employee working with another full-time employee, it's a better relationship and integration, I'm sure. Yeah, that's that's so. where we're uh, where it gets super cool because they know your business inside and out, um, and so they grow with you as you grow. And and I love watching that. Um, we had uh, we have one client who started out with us, and um, she started out uh, back when we were actually still doing twenty hours a week. She started out with one VA for twenty hours a week, and. Uh, as her business grew, we grew with her and she now has four employees and a project manager and, and everything all like all with us. And she's a multimillion dollar company now. Um, and it's, it's been a lot of fun to, to grow with her. And I think that's one of the cool things is we do kind of get to know our, our, our clients really well. I'm sure everybody does, but, um, it's, it's, it's very fun to watch. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yes. And it's a quite a journey you've had. So another question from me, I think, what else have you learned? Like your experience is so, you know, life changing and life altering that you may have had realized a lot of things apart from the business and apart from delegation, things that our audience can benefit, things that I can benefit. Um, what would you like to share? I think the biggest thing that I've learned through the stroke and, and everything is, um, to give myself permission to fail. It's okay. 
uh, failure is nothing more than feedback. And I used to look at failure as uh, a negative thing. And now I look at it as a positive thing. It's okay, great. That didn't work. Let's pivot and figure out what does. Um, so rather than like berating myself and, oh my gosh, Michelle, you're so stupid. I can't believe you forgot that word. Um, or, you know, that didn't work. Right. It, it was, uh, it, it was just a, sh a shift in perspective, um, that made all the difference in the world. So when I gave myself permission to fail and not have to be perfect all the time, um, it was amazing the weight that came off and how much more I was able to accomplish um, because I wasn't berating myself constantly. I love that. There's so much hard work and um, there's so much smart work as well behind the scenes that you guys are doing. That I'm, I'm a really big fan of um, awesome outsourcing and, and yourself, Michelle. Uh, I'm very happy to have met you and um, thank you so much for your time. I know your time is so much more valuable because it's so limited for the week that, you know, the work week that you're trying to do. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a, a privilege to be on the show. So thank you.